Well, it's already been wonderful hanging with you guys this morning. Thanks uh, for coming and for being with us, and also for those of you that are online. Uh, thanks for joining us, too. Um, as Mark said, I was praying in preparation for this, and immediately God put something on my heart, and so uh, we're going to pursue that. But first, I want to tell you a little bit of a backstory. So I've been a missionary for the last 15 years, um, mostly doing work in the United States, but I've also been in 24 different countries. And um, this was years ago. I was hanging out with a group of friends. We were praying together, and uh, all of a sudden, we weren't even praying about this, but this idea came up to me. What if we did a gathering where we just worshiped for like an extended period of time and just see what God would do? So kind of musical worship for a while and just kind of an experiment. When we were praying about it, I felt like God spoke something to my heart, and he said, what I want you to do is, yeah, I want you to do some musical worship, and then I want you to let me talk to people. And I was like, okay. I think we can accommodate that. I don't know what that looks like, but we could give it a shot. So it was a couple days that went by, and about 2 in the morning I woke up and rolled out of the bed, and it was still like kind of gnawing at me. What does it look like to create a space where God speaks to people? And um, so I asked him about that. I said, I'm still not quite following what you want. Like I get the musical worship part, but I don't understand the let God speak to people part exactly. And the response that came was, well, what's the most common way that I speak to people? And I said, oh, through the Bible. That's the most common way that God will speak to you. Which means, and I get this asked this question a lot, like, um, how did you learn to hear the voice of God? And I said, oh, you know what? There's actually a correlation or a connection between the time that I spend reading the Bible with Jesus and my ability to hear God's voice. Because it kind of like, it gets easier to understand what he sounds like when you read the Bible, because that's his word. Does that make sense? For two of you, Mark, yes? I know that makes sense to Mark. Okay. Thank you, Mark. So I said, okay, yeah, through your word, that's how you typically speak to people. And uh, he said, all right, so all I want you to do is just read the Bible and let me talk. So I was like, that's it? You just want me to read it? That's all? Yeah. What, do you want me to explain it? No. I said, well, what if I'm reading the word and it, you know, like it would be helpful to explain what it was saying? And he goes, have you ever been reading the Bible and then I kind of broke into your reading time and spoke to you? I said, yeah, that happens a lot. He goes, well, can't you trust me to be God and do that for them too? Yeah, I could do that. Yep, I'm on it. So that's what we did. We did musical worship for about 45 minutes and then we read the Bible slowly with kind of some breaks in the middle on a particular topic for about another 40 minutes. And uh, I thought people would kind of like check out and be like staring at the ceiling and be bored out of their minds. Oh, no. There was this really kind of a sweet atmosphere. It was a really sweet vibe. And at the end of it, I turned around and uh, I had a band with me. And so we started building the song up, you know, to go into another time of musical worship to kind of end the night. And uh, what song were we singing? It was um, Break My Heart for What Breaks Your Everything I am for your kingdom's cause. 
building up that song, and it was getting a little rowdy. When I had last looked at the people, they were sitting in their chairs, kind of spread out or whatever, and as the song built up, I turned back around to sing, and I was like, huh, because all of the people were like spread all over the room all of a sudden, and some of them were like, it looked like they were like towels draped over chairs. There's bodies everywhere. You know what I mean? I was like, I didn't sing, let the bodies hit the floor. What happened here? You know, anybody heard that song? Um, so anyway, I was like, what in the world is happening? And, um, and my buddy Dave was sitting back at the sound booth. There's a similar sound booth to what's in this building. My buddy Dave had come in with a sling on his shoulder that night because earlier that day he had slipped. It was like in January and there was a lot of uh, ice on his driveway. So as he was getting in the car to go there, he slipped and blew out his shoulder. Actually, I guess he was going to do some other things and then come because he had time to go to the hospital. They took an x-ray or MRI or whatever of his shoulder, and it was blown to pieces, and they said, look, you're going to have to get this thing redone because you totally wrecked your shoulder. So he came in in a lot of pain and in a sling like that. Well, in the time when I had turned around and all the bodies were everywhere, um... My buddy Dave is back by the sound booth screaming his head off like this. Ah! With the arm that was in the sling. And I didn't know the backstory, but also it scared everybody. Because, you know, every, every, you know, there's like music and stuff like that, but somebody starts screaming their head off. It's like... <laughs> so he was back there swinging his arm around. I was like, what in the world is Dave doing? And um, at the end of it, he was so excited. He came up to me with a sling in his hand. He goes, dude... You would not believe what happened. I blew my shoulder out. I have the MRI to prove it. Uh, in the middle of this thing, while you were reading the word, this weird warm honey sensation started going onto my shoulder. And I can't explain that, but all of a sudden I started like feeling better and I started moving my arm around. And all of a sudden I realized that God was healing me. And so I freaked out, as you saw, and started screaming because that happened. Um, and I smiled because there's a verse in Psalm 107, verse 20. It says that he sent his word and healed them. That's exactly what happened to my buddy Dave. We were just reading the Bible, and then something otherworldly, something supernatural, something beyond the normal started happening to his shoulder. I can't explain it, but I'll tell you this. He went back to the doctor and got an MRI, and he's got one of a blown shoulder and one of a fine shoulder. So he never had to get surgery. The doctor was like, what in the world? What in the actual world am I looking at here? Am I looking at the wrong MRI? Like, what in the world? And I think all that happened to my buddy Dave was God sent his word and healed him. I remember being with a group of pastors in Pennsylvania. And you know what? Pastors are a weird bunch to try to worship with and, and minister to because they have so many layers sometimes. Like, you know, they're doing marital counseling and then somebody is on the verge of divorce and then somebody just passed away. And then there's elders meetings where they're discussing what to do with kids and the children's ministry. And then somebody quits on staff and then there's a building campaign that they're raising money for it, and then, and then, and then. And we haven't even got to their own personal families yet. There's like a lot of layers. 
So when you get in the room with pastors, there's, there's kind of like, I wouldn't call it resistance, but they're kind of like, we've been doing this for an awful long time. And uh, I remember we did this time of reading the Bible. And this dude up on the second row, about 30 minutes into the reading time, starts looking at his hands. I can see him. He's a big dude. His name was Clint. He was looking at his hands like this. He was looking at me. He was looking at his hands. He was looking at me like this. He was doing this for like five minutes. By that time, the service was over. And uh, he came up to me afterwards. And he reaches out his hand like this and grabs my hand and about breaks it into several pieces. He's like... And I was like, oh, those hands are very important to me. Uh, Try not to break those. I like what I get to do with these hands. Please don't break my hands into pieces. I don't mind a good, strong handshake. I'm actually a fan of that. However, this guy was like bone crushing, you know. And he goes, did you feel that? I was like, yeah, uh uh-huh. I felt every bit of that, Clint. Thank you for that. He goes, dude. I don't know what happened, but a couple of months ago, my thumbs on both hands lost all their strength. I couldn't pick up like a gallon of milk, uh, except with my four fingers or with my two fingers or whatever, but I could not grab things. And I have no idea what was going on. I went to the doctor, nobody knows, something weird. And in the middle of that time while you were reading, the strength started coming back to my, my thumbs. And as you can tell, I got it all back. And I was like, yeah, feels like you did. I'll send you a doctor bill. Um, I don't know how this stuff happens, you guys, but what I do know is that Psalm 138 says that God elevates or exalts his name and his word above everything. So the most important things to God are his name and his word. And somehow when we start creating an atmosphere where we're just reading the Bible, everything the Bible starts, like says about itself starts to happen. I do not understand all the ins and outs of this. But what I know is when the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God, all I can tell you is that in these atmospheres, sometimes faith begins to rise in the hearts of people because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I can tell you that in Psalm 103, verse 20, it says that angels have a responsibility or a job, a heavenly job, I guess. And it's to just do the word. So if you want angels to be involved in your story, active in your life, like I don't know what you think about angels, but angels are very real. If you want them to actually participate and be a part of your life, one of the best ways to do that is to pray the word because they do the word. That's their primary function. Interesting. I can talk to you later about how to pray the word if you want to learn how to do that if you don't know quite yet. But, um, but it's interesting to think about this type of stuff. Um, it says in the New Testament that the word of God is useful. It's profitable to teach us things that help us stay grounded in alignment with God's heart. It's, it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, which means like um, uh, coming up and where we're like pretty far off in our thinking. He's like, let me help you out. It's helpful for correction. And it instructs us how to live an upright life that is pleasing to God. The Bible says all kinds of things, but one of the things, as I said earlier, that it says is God sends his word and he heals people.
I will say this about healing because it's an interesting concept. Growing up, I went to a church where they taught that if you need healing and you don't get it, that would be on you. Like that's your fault because you have a lack of faith. And while there is all kinds of different places in the Bible where Jesus said your faith has healed you, that's not the only component involved in the equation. It's a strong component. But there's times when we really do believe and we really trust that God is going to break through and bring healing, and it doesn't happen. And then everybody that's around you trying to help you and console you says, you know, like let's say that you're praying for somebody that passed away, ended up passing away. And you're trying to reconcile, well, God's a good God and he's a healer and we all believed and we all had faith and we all trusted. And so why did they die? I don't get that. So some people come up to you afterwards and try to be helpful, but they're like, hey, look, they're healed now. And it's like, I know but that's super unhelpful because I am hurting and I have questions and I don't understand why it didn't work. And they'll say things like, well, you know, God does things in mysterious ways. Well, yeah, I know, but I don't need you to give me a thought about like why it didn't work. I just need you to mourn with me and question with me. There is a mystery to healing. I do not know all the ins and outs. I know that with healing, there's physical healing, like some of us need actual physical healing. We're feeling sick, or like my buddy Dave, he wrecked his shoulder. But I also know that some of us have relationships that are blown to pieces. Some of you have relationships with your kids that are a disaster. And it feels like it's hopeless. You don't know how to move forward or what to do. Some of you have relationships with your parents that are blown to pieces. And you're like, I just, I do not get them. I don't like them. I don't resonate with them. And I don't know what to do about that. Some of you have had things spoken over your lives in the past that has been really painful and really hurtful. And you're carrying that. And even your body remembers it. And so God does a work in the area of the soul to bring healing. He can do a, a work in your body to bring healing. Sometimes the healing breakthrough in your body is connected to healing in your soul. So I've talked to people before where I felt like God told me they will be healed if they forgive. And it just so happens that they did and they got healed. Interesting. Like, I don't know all the ins and outs of that. But what I do know is that our body, soul, and spirit are very connected. And sometimes a sickness in one area will bring out a sickness in another. Does that make sense? This is a, a perfect example. This would be like a stress-related sickness. What's happening in your soul, stress, is coming out in your body. And so sometimes the healing that God wants to bring to you is the healing of the soul 
that will result in the alignment and healing of your body. Does that make sense? And sometimes because the body stuff is more obvious and more bothersome than the soul stuff, we actually like to talk to God about the physical healing first. You know, my, my guts are feeling horrible, Lord. I'm not processing food correctly. I'm like, I feel totally out of balance. So can you heal that? And he's like, you know what, where that's coming from? That's coming from bitterness. That's coming from you working 60 hours a week. No, it couldn't be from that. So sometimes he'll say, hey, guess what? Uh, if you want healing in your body, then you need to make some adjustments in the area of your soul. Does that make sense? I was talking to a friend of mine one time who has just some really tough autoimmune disease things that they're struggling with. She got into God's presence and said, okay, I need healing from this thing. I'm sick of it. I need to move past it. And God said, what caused this actually isn't just physical. You've believed things about yourself since you were a little girl that have damaged you. She said every time she looked in the mirror for 30 years, she'd look at all of the things that she didn't like. And she would cuss herself every day in the mirror. Every day for 30 years. You think that's going to have any like outworking in her body? For sure. You know what was happening? She was at war against herself for 30 years and cursed herself for 30 years. Do you know what an autoimmune disease is? It's a form of civil war in your body. That's where your body starts attacking itself, just like she was attacking herself. So God said, yeah, I'll take care of the autoimmune stuff, but first, would you allow me to heal the way that you think? Does that make sense? Does that make sense, everybody? So what I'm going to do is, for a few minutes, I'm just going to read the Bible to you. It's going to be opinion-free. I'm not going to add any of my thoughts or commentary to it. If you came in here needing a word from God this morning, you're about to get one. It may not be the one you wanted, <laughs> but you're going to get one if you're open. He wants to speak to you this morning more than you want to hear from him. If during this time you start getting a little sleepy, feel free to stand up and roam around the room. It's not going to bother me any. I don't think it'll bother anybody else either. But the reason why I'd invite you to try that is because sometimes in these environments it gets fairly peaceful and reflective and contemplative. And so sometimes, since we all run 100 miles an hour in life, we start getting a little sleepy. Well, guess what? If you knew God was about to speak to you, would you do whatever it takes to make sure you heard from him all right well that's about to happen so if you start getting sleepy and you realize it stand up i don't care do some sit-ups man do some push-ups andy will lead a calisthenics class in the back he's ready um he's back there going like this 
I don't care what you do to stay focused. If you're a note taker, get some notes. God's about to speak to you. The last thing that I'll say is that there's a difference between expectation and expectancy. Everybody try this for me. Fold your arms, lean back in your chair, and give me one of those, I don't quite know about you looks. No, you're laughing. No, you can't do that, Debbie. You have to be grumpy. You're still smiling, Debbie. <laughs> it's impossible for Debbie to be grumpy. Okay, now try it. G- give me this, this look like, okay, Mark, you're crushing it. Okay, everybody's doing such a fabulous job. Now, take your hands, chuck them up on your kneecaps, lean forward, open your eyes, and smile. Okay? Hawk, yes, make it up there, buddy. You're almost there. There we go. All right. Okay, what your posture right now? Expectancy. Your posture when you're like this? Expectations. Expectations are like, all right, we'll see. Expectancy is like, ooh, I wonder what's going to happen. Expectancy is a great attitude of the heart when you're hanging out with Jesus. Expectations is what the, the Pharisees did. And they missed him entirely. They didn't just miss him. (laughs) They brutally missed him. So, the attitude, the heart, the even physical posture that I want to invite you to try, just lean forward, eyes open. Feel free to smile. It is legal in church gatherings to smile. God is about to speak to you. You ready? Praise the Lord, O my soul. Everything that's inside of me, praise His holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul. Don't forget His benefits. He forgives your sins, all of them. He heals your diseases, all of them. He redeems your life from the pit. Puts a crown on your head with love and compassion. He satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. In Deuteronomy chapter 30, God said, I have set before you life and death blessings and curses. Please choose life so that you and your children can live and that you may love the Lord your God and listen to his voice and hold fast to him. For the Lord is your life. I'm going to invite you to take a big deep breath be at rest once more oh my soul say that to yourself be at rest once more oh my soul if you want to put your hand on your chest and just say be at rest once again oh my soul Take a breath and say it again. Be at rest once again, 
O my soul. For the Lord has been good to you with your hand on your chest. Just say, the Lord has been good to you. Feel free to smile and say, the Lord has been good to you. Like pat yourself on the shoulder. Hey, the Lord's been good to you. For you, O Lord, have delivered my soul from death. You've delivered my eyes from tears. My feet you've delivered from stumbling so that I could walk before the Lord in the land of the living. And why are you so downcast, O my soul? Why are you so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God. With your hand on your chest, say, put your hope in God. Speak to yourself. Say, put your hope in God. Take a breath and say it again. Let's take a breath together. tell yourself, put your hope in God. For I will yet praise him. He's my Savior. He's my God. So be strong. Take heart. All you who hope in God. In Psalm 73, it says, who have I in heaven but you? And earth has nothing I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart fail. But God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Psalm 119 says, My comfort in my suffering is this. God, your presence preserves my life. The Lord is gracious. He's compassionate. He's slow to anger. He's rich in love. And he's good to everyone. He has compassion on everyone he's made. With your hand on your chest or on your shoulder, say, God is compassionate toward me. Praise the Lord. How good it is to sing praises to our God. How pleasant and how fitting it is to praise Him. Because He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. With your hand on your chest, would you say, Jesus, please heal my broken heart and bind up my wounds. Proverbs chapter 4 says, pay attention to what I'm about to say. Listen closely to my words. Don't let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart because they are life to those that find them and health to your whole body. 
In Proverbs, it says, reckless words pierce like a sword. Has anyone said any reckless words to you that pierced you like a sword? It says, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Reckless words pierce like a sword. But the tongue of the wise brings healing. A cheerful heart is good medicine. But a crushed spirit dries up the bones. Maybe your spirit seems crushed this morning. It feels like your bones are drying up. A cheerful heart is good medicine. Pleasant words are a honeycomb. They're sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. With your hand on your shoulder or on your chest, I'm going to invite you to say this. God, thanks for loving me. Say, God, thank you for being good to me. I don't know if you knew this. Maybe you haven't heard that the Lord is the everlasting God. He's the creator of the ends of the earth. And his understanding, no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary. He increases the power of the weak. Even young people get tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They'll run and not grow weary. They'll walk and not faint. With your hand on your chest or on your shoulder, Say, God, I hope in you. My hope is in you. Those who hope in the Lord renew their strength. Say, God, I hope in you. Renew my strength. Tell him, would you renew my strength, please, God? I hope in you. First Peter chapter 2 it says but if you suffer for doing good and you endure it this is commendable before God to this you were called because Christ suffered for you he left you an example so that you could follow in his steps he committed no sin and no deceit was found in his mouth when they hurled insults at him he didn't even retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself 
to God who judges justly. And Jesus himself bore our sins in his body on the tree so that we might die to sin and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed, for you are like a sheep that's gone astray. But now you've returned to the shepherd and the overseer of your souls. Matthew chapter 8, it says, Jesus came to Peter's house. He saw Peter's mother-in-law lying on a bed with a fever. He stretched out his hand and he touched her and the fever left her. And she got up and started helping everybody and waiting on everybody, being hospitable. And when evening came, there were many demon-possessed that were brought to Jesus and he drove out every single one of those spirits with a word and he healed all the sick. This was to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah. He took up our infirmities and carried our diseases. Now when Jesus came down from the mountainside, large crowds followed him. And a man with leprosy, which is like a skin-eating disease, came and knelt before him and he said, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Jesus, use your imagination. There's a guy with leprosy in front of Jesus. His skin has been eating, it's like eating itself. He probably smells horrible. He gets down on his knees and he goes, Jesus, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reaches out his hand. Use your imagination. And he touches this guy. I am willing, he said. Be clean. And immediately, he was cured of his leprosy. I want to invite you to take your hands and just kind of put them out in front of you. You don't have to do it, but try it. And just say, Jesus, thank you for being willing to heal me. In Matthew 9, it says, Just then a woman who is bleeding for 12 years, came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak. She said to herself, if I could just touch his coat, I'll be healed. Jesus turned and saw her. He said, take heart, daughter. Your faith has healed you. And that woman was healed from that moment. In Matthew chapter 9, again, it says, Jesus literally left that lady, was walking, and two blind guys were following him, and they were shouting, Have mercy on us, son of David. When he went inside, the blind guys went inside too, and, they, and he asked them, Hey, do you believe that I am able to do this? 
Yes, Lord, they replied. And he touched their eyes and said, according to your faith, it will be done for you. And their sight was restored. to your chest or your shoulder and just say, God, will you increase my faith? Will you help me trust you more than I ever have? Mark 11 says, have faith in God. I tell you the truth, if anyone says to this mountain, Go throw yourself into the sea and doesn't doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will happen, it will be done for him. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you've received it and it will be yours. And when you stand praying, listen to this. If you hold anything against anyone, forgive them so that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. Jesus said in John chapter 10, verse 10, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. Hey, let's take a big deep breath. Yeah, maybe open up your eyes a little bit. Again, if you get sleepy or something, we're only going to go for six more hours, guys. <laughs> I'm kidding. It's going to be seven hours. Listen to this one. Here's a here's a beauty. Consider it pure joy, brothers, when you face trials of many kinds. Hmm. Because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. And perseverance must finish its work so that you can be mature and complete, lacking nothing. Philippians chapter 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. Even if I'm a man? Yeah, let your gentleness be known to all. Even if I'm angry? Yeah, let your gentleness be known to all. Because the Lord is near. Don't be anxious about anything. Oh, easy for you to say. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer. Listen, here's the key, man. By prayer, with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God, 
that transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Jesus. So finally, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about that stuff. joyful always pray continually give thanks in every circumstance in every situation respond with thanksgiving and gratitude and joy because this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus some of you have been asking for God's will for your life tell me what your will is for this season you know what his will is for you be joyful always Pray continually. Give thanks in every situation. This is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Yeah, but I want to know what I'm supposed to do next. What you do next is connected to what you do now. Just be joyful. Pray a bunch. Be thankful. That's God's will for you. And now I'm going to speak a blessing over you. Are you ready? Feel free to go like this if you want to. May God himself, the healer, the God of peace, may he set you apart, every part of you. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus. Listen, the one who calls you is faithful. He's going to follow through and begin and finish the good work that he started in you. And so may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. Cause his countenance to rise on you and give you his peace. In Jesus' name, can you join me and say amen? Amen. Okay. Just like two minutes of debrief, maybe one minute, 60 seconds. Does anybody have any thoughts or opinions or questions? Can't guarantee that I have any <laughs> answers. Uh, but did anything occur to you? Did God speak to you? Do you have any questions? Yes, Q&A in church. Seriously, not one question? Okay, people, let's go. But any thoughts, feedback, or questions? Or did God speak anything to you? you I know, like I'm not, you don't need to have something or you don't need to talk for sure, but just creating space. I like doing this. It's not comfortable for me um, to talk in situations like this. It's also not necessarily comfortable to facilitate times like this, but it's so good. But sometimes you need to say something in order to seal it in your heart. Does that make sense? Okay. So I'll just wait for, oh, yes, ma'am. I'm going to bring this to you. Is that okay? I've grown up in, with this. Yeah. 
go like this, dismiss time, do we just continue until we see things happen? Um, I think about the story of Daniel when I think about that. He's in this environment where these guys told them, if you worship God, you're going to die. And he gets down and he worships. Anyway, three weeks later, this angel shows up. Daniel prayed the entire time. And the, guy, and the angel told him, from the second you prayed, I left heaven. But I got caught up in a fight over in Persia. I had to get some reinforcements. They came and broke through, and now I'm here. Somehow, I mean, I don't know the outcome if he would have just prayed one time. It sounded like just one time was enough, but there was this interesting thing of this faithfulness component. And that reminds me when Jesus said, ask, and you'll, you'll receive it, right? Seek, and you'll find. Knock, and the door will be open to you. That word ask, seek, or knock isn't like a one-time thing. The actual verb is this present continuous tense, which means ask and keep on asking. Seek and keep on seeking. Knock and keep on knocking. There's some things that we invest in in this life that we'll never see the answer to. It's called living for something bigger than us. But we are a necessary part of that thing coming to fruition when we pray in a faithful way. We may never see it, but is that okay? Can God, can we still hang in there and ask and ask and knock and seek? Is it easy? No. No, that's not easy. It's not easy to knock and keep knocking, ask and keep asking. It's super frustrating. But is the, it is an invitation toward greater maturity. Great question. Anybody else? Yes, ma'am. Is this okay? Or I can just tell you. Do you want to hold it? Okay. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wanted to say that in the reading, it felt more like God's word was speaking to me, you know, more personally. Um, and also, I had a question. Earlier, you said praying God's word, and I didn't sort of know what that meant. Jen. Is it one in Jen or two ends? <laughs> Jennifer? Okay. Okay, so she asked the question just how do you pray the word? Okay, so um, this is a longer conversation, but I'll try to summarize it briefly. Um, you can pray your thoughts or opinions, or you can agree with God and his thoughts and opinions. The easiest way to find his thoughts and opinions are in the Bible. And so when you open that up, sometimes God will like highlight a verse to you that is like, whoa, this feels like the situation I'm going through. And so what you do is you pray that verse over your situation. I'll give you an example. Uh, one time Tara, my wife, and I got in a, in a big fight. She went downstairs. I went upstairs. It was tense. It wasn't awesome. Um, I did not know this concept of reading the word. So I just literally cracked open the Bible. Anybody ever done this? You crack open the Bible, close your eyes, put your finger down, just hope it lands somewhere good, you know? And it's like talking about hemorrhoids, and you're like, no, that's not right. What in the world? Um, i got to pray that. So anyway, I was like looking through for highlighted verses, things I had underlined, and nothing seemed to work. 
But uh, to shorten the story, God had this beautiful way of helping remember Psalm 91. So I opened up Psalm 91. I did not know if that was him speaking to me or not because I felt like a little far away from him at that point in my life. And so I just thought, well, the worst thing I could be is wrong, I guess. And um, I started reading. It says, he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide or rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I'll say of the Lord, he's my refuge, my fortress, my God, in him I'll trust. So I was like, okay, not sure what to do with that. And God said, just pray it over Tara. So I said, okay, I don't know how to do that. And he said, well, just put her name in there. What do you mean? So, okay, instead of it saying, I will say of the Lord, he's my refuge, my fortress, my God, and him I'll trust, just say, God, I pray that Tara says of you, you are my refuge. I pray that you'd be the only refuge she has, that you'd be her fortress, that you'd be her God, and that she trusts you. And he said, let me stop you right there. The reason she's so angry with you right now is because she's putting too much trust in you, Dave, and not enough in me. I was like, whoa. So I camped out there and prayed, God, put her trust in you, not in me. Help her trust you, because I'm not particularly trustworthy. I'm a bonehead. <laughs> I, I do not have all my stuff together. So help her trust you. Long story short, about an hour later, she comes up to me upstairs, and she goes, you know, I was just downstairs in my room and I felt like God spoke to me and told me I was putting too much trust in you, Dave, and not enough in him. I was like, shut up. Did, did you just seriously say that? I was looking around like, are there vents? Was she listening in on my prayer and conversation? She wasn't. Literally what happened was I prayed the word. Jesus was down hanging out with her too at the same time. And he just spoke to her exactly what I was praying. I can't make that stuff up, Jen. That's weird. And it's not always that like spectacular or something. But I'll tell you what. Praying the word is so much better than praying my opinion. Half the time, I don't know if I'm praying stuff that God would even agree with. You know? I'm like praying from a selfish place or from a hurt or angry or wounded place. But I don't know if he would agree with it. Well, one way that you know that you know you can agree that you're agreeing with God is by praying the word. Does that make sense? Okay, that was a super uh, long-winded synopsis. Sorry, that was even the abbreviated version, if you can believe it. Okay, everybody, thank you so much for those couple of questions. Bless you. Thanks so much for hanging out. Mark, thanks very much for your invitation and for your friendship, buddy.